Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for March 23rd of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHeads.com. We have the NHL playoffs uh, fastly approaching. Uh, Many of the teams only have eight games left. We had the GM meetings uh, with... uh, no resolution to goaltender interference or offsides, really. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the teams that are picking up steam heading into the playoffs. And uh, we'll briefly discuss the playoff setup and lottery system. And probably finish up with some Penguin stuff. Does that sound about right? It sounds pretty much on the money. That's what we discussed about a half an hour before we started. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, where are we beginning? Uh, the general managers' meetings and the fact that they have no idea how to fix their own sport, which isn't surprising when you think about it. Should I set the tone for this? You go for it. Colin Campbell's a fucking piece of shit. He's useless. Can, can somebody explain to me who he's got photos of? that allows him to have so much influence for a guy that is quite clearly from a different generation of hockey fan. I I don't get it. I don't get why he still gets the influence that he has. They didn't. He's, he's blaming goalies diving. Like what kind of bullshit is that? Like, is that, is that really what happened with all of this? For for me, I think where we're having issues is they they approach this from the wrong end. They needed to look at clarity of the rule, a rewording of the rule. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that mid-season, but you've still got to have the players sign off on it. So if if the rule gets reworded, the the NHLPA still has to get there and go. Yeah, okay, we all understand that the rule's been changed, and and we now know that leading four. A playoff series is going to get decided on a really shitty call or a non-call because it's going to go to the room and they're going to go, I don't want to say that's a good goal when the goaltender got interfered with and they're going to call the goal back and the other team will win. Like, just clarify clarify whether it has to be in the blue paint or outside the blue paint so then you've at least got a line that you can go, yep, the goaltender's in the blue paint it's got to be goalie interference. Or if the goaltender's come out and been aggressive and then gets bumped, well, sorry, dude, you took the risk. That's not goalie interference because you're not inside your crease. So they had options to try and clarify the actual wording of the rule and they just flubbed it and, and fobbed it off again. Yeah. Uh, what I hear you saying is, why don't we just adopt the Olympic rule? Oh, it's not even having to have the Olympic rule. It's just the offside thing, right? You at least know you're either going to be on the line or behind it. However, I can't remember what the rule is. But there's something that you can review that's theoretically black and white. Goalie interference is subjective. Did this particular contact with the goalie stop him from being able to make a save? And then I think a tail end of the rule is, was he even going to be able to make the save with or without the contact? So who comes up with that as a decision? A goalie thinks he's going to make every save anyway, and a forward's going to say he's never going to make that save. So even if you have one person making all these all these decisions from the 
the freaking office. It's not going to be the same person every night. They've already said that. It's going to be a collection of people that have to come up with that decision. So how is it any better than the offside decisions that we're getting at the moment? I, I personally think they should just go to the Olympic rule at this point because they are not smart enough or capable enough of discerning all of these gray areas. Yeah, good call. And, you know, if smarter people were, you know, employed by this league, I would love to give the benefit of the doubt. At this stage, I'm not even after smarter people. I'm just after a different view of the sport. I I think that's what annoys me the most. Well, I think that's hand in hand. Uh, Well, not necessarily. You could get a completely different look at the sport and still get it wrong. But at least it's a different view. Everything at the moment is still a lot of guys from the 80s that that don't like the fact that hockey's moved. And Colin Campbell is, is president of that club. And what do 80s people know about goaltending? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, I do kind of forget that. When you see old footage of Lemieux schooling players and stuff, then you look at who he had to shoot at, and, and you just go, geez, no wonder he did so well in the first four or five years of his career. Ignore, ignore aging curves and whatnot. He was shooting against toothpicks, the pad sizes, and then just the technical aptitude of the goalies. It's not surprising that, that those sorts of single-season records are not going to get touched. We might get people scraping 100 points. Which is so sad, because the they skill need to, level... They need to double that and then some. Yeah, but the skill <laughs> level the of the players these days is ridiculous. And the fact that they're never going to go close to any of those totals just shows you how lopsided the skill level of those in net was comparative to the skaters. Yeah. I think you go with the... If you're in um, the blue paint and make contact that you deem prevented the save from being made, then no go. Not foot in the crease. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, Western New York, Brett Hall kind of stuff. Yeah. Because that was that was moronic. So it's it's one of those things where if, if you're in the blue and you make contact, done. now this is where it gets that is it any contact or is it player player to goalie contact or if it's goalie to player. Do you know what I mean? Like a goalie can push out towards the top of the crease and the player can have... Is he is he in the crease? Okay, cool. So the goalie could theoretically um, create the contact themselves if they're in the crease. Because if you've got someone skate sitting standing in the crease and they push out to the top of the crease and they hit that skate, that's goalie interference under that, under that rule. If it... The... The goalie shouldn't have to deal with anything in the blue. Now, if they come out, there would always be a little bit of gray area, but less than we Absolutely have Absolutely, there's less. If, if there's contact and it's kind of a defenseman and a forward battling and it makes contact out of the crease, you know, 
that's one thing. There are situations where you know what the forward's doing making that contact, and you could still take away a goal, even if the goalie was slightly out of the yeah. crease. Because I, 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 I suppose it's the issue I have at the moment with some of the calls that have gone through is you quite clearly see the defenseman shove the forward on top of the goalie. And the goalie's pinned to the ground and the offensive team scores. And it's like, that is goaltender interference. Absolutely. But that was caused by the teammate throwing the goalie, you know, throwing the player on top of the goalie. So why should the offensive team get penalized for that by having the goal taken back? Particularly when you can see whether the offensive player is actually trying not to fall on top of the goalie. Well, the simple solution to that is an interference. Yeah, but they, that's the thing. They don't want to get, Yeah. I know. I know this isn't going to be solved because we let off with what a fucking moron the guy is. Yeah. You know what I mean, though? Like, if you deem that, that the puck's not really there and they're shoving it intentionally into the crease, well, why are you engaging? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm all, for, I'm all for battles for body position, but as soon as as a defender, as soon as you're far enough away from a player that you can push them onto your goalie, you're out of position. You've lost the position. It should be a two-minute two uh, interference penalty or a cross-checking penalty because usually that's how they knock them over. They cross-check them straight in the back. This isn't related to goaltender interference, but in the Penguins game this evening, Tom Kuhnhackel in the high slot just like kneeled on a puck like with he had both knees down the puck was under him that's the way it goes well okay you're right and then the devils are like well what the fuck this puck's in the slot so they start cross-checking him in the back and then one guy fucking levels him (laughs) no penalties If you call the delay a game right away, like that doesn't happen. But then, like the chip and both. But yeah, well, no, technically not because he's touching the puck. He has control of the puck. The delay a game goes off. No, he wasn't making any bit of. But he's got control of the puck. So if that's the case, there's no cross check because the whistle blows. Oh you yeah, mean delay a game. They call it, and then yeah, obviously, but that. Again, no, so it's, yeah, the league is so adverse to, it's like the penalties have come down. We always knew this was going to happen. High amount of penalties at the start of the year. The argument's made that the players are just. I would make the argument that the officials have changed what they're calling a penalty and what they're not calling a penalty, and the number of power plays have dropped. Pittsburgh's power play. If the players adjust, the the five-on-five play. Correct, and it hasn't. Up. I don't think it's gotten any any more open. You'll see some of these scores where there's 13 goals or 12 goals or 11 goals in a game. It's the goaltending that's allowing that to happen because some goaltenders are tired or their backups who are just bad. It's not the quality of play that's improved because they've got more space. It's what's going on in net. So, you know, I guess we'll have some fun in the playoffs with goalie interference. And it really is pathetic if you are listening to the podcast. I think the chances are pretty high that you're on hockey Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Like, 
you see this happen almost nightly. I don't know what goalie no. interference is. But the fact Nobody that Colin knows. Campbell goes, oh, there's only nine to there's only nine or ten contentious decisions. Everybody else agreed on the other 170 or was it 270 calls that were done. That's a load of bullshit. Nobody is happy with the way these decisions are being made. The refs, I this is I think Batman's right when he said this. It looks like the officials are trying to find a reason to call a goal back rather than just going. Now that's a good hockey goal. And that change of attitude might help out. But the fact that the general managers couldn't come to a, a decision on, well, we need to clarify the rule. Instead of doing that, they've just gone, no, nah, we'll just give it to people off the ice, which is something that hockey fans don't want. The more that's called on the ice, the better. Well, I'm fine with that. It's just you're going to bring back recycled refs from yesteryear. But it's not one person who's going to have the same point of view every time on what is and isn't a goal. No. I mean, there is a, um, there's a level of subjectivity yep. that's always going to be with it. It's all right. Let's just see which fan base it is that gets screwed. I would laugh if it's the Leafs. <laughs> with the... League office or the yeah. video replay in Toronto. <laughs> It'd just be the Leafs' luck. I mean, they're going to have to play Boston in that first round. So, you know, to lose in Game Seven. Oh, hell of hell of. I was going to say hell of a segue. No, go I'm to, not go done to with offsides. offsides yet. So apparently, um, for offsides, you don't need a time oh we're gonna to go back to that anymore yeah. you just you just need to be willing to take a minor penalty which is dumb because the one penguins game a few weeks ago the other team didn't have a timeout yet they were still able to challenge and offsides obviously the penguin staff didn't know that was that was the case and i'm sure there are quite a lot of it makes no sense why would I don't like timeouts being attached to replay because timeouts it's a tactical is a toy. coaching yep. thing and I don't want that to be tied to rough fuck-ups. I don't like it in football, I don't like it in hockey, I don't like it anywhere. Like in football, you have to save your well, I would argue you need to save your timeouts till the end to stop the clock to get the ball back more than anything and you shouldn't be wasting them on five yard delay of game penalties in the third quarter but at the same time I don't think you should have to waste them for replay because the refs have fucking not seen yeah, it you're not going to hear me argue that at all I'm on board with that one so the NHL they can't even get consistency within the different types of replay which is strange, but again, it's the the league that games are worth a different amount of points yeah, well, on any given night. That stuff, it's it's really I don't understand the offside. Actual, what is offside and what isn't? 
they have to change what that is at the moment, I think. You should just have to have something over the blue line. I don't care if you're touching the ice or if you're not. Oh, yes. I was going to go the same exact direction. And, you know, so many of these offsides replays don't Yeah, mean to what actually anything. happens. Yeah. They're trying to save the Danny Briere five feet off sides from the 2011-12 playoffs. And that's an exception to the rule, and it would suck if it happened to your team. But I, I'm i confident that like my local men's league refs would not blow that call, let yeah. alone NHL linesmen. That that call is... You know what I mean? Like, it, Sure, that's happened. And it's one in how many off sides? not worried about inches and millimeters. Yeah, but I have to admit, you, once you start using it, that's oh that's, yeah, that's you're, that's you're what's going to happen. Pickle. They're going to they're going to do stuff like that. And the fact that teams are actually having people in their coaching departments specifically there to watch all of those plays shows you that they're going to game the rule as as much as they can. Um I just I just find it silly that the reason they decided not to to change that breaking of the plane rule as in having your foot off the ice doesn't matter is they think that the cameras aren't in the right spots in all the arenas so they're not going to do it. I mean yeah, so right you can't tell every time whether the skates on or off the ice and then it's like well that's okay just make sure that you can tell that the the skates, you know, over the top of the blue line, and the fact that they're not willing to to try that is just frustrating as hell. This league moves at a glacial pace when it comes to change. Yeah, the, you shouldn't have to be anchored as long as you've got any tip of your body on the plane of the blue line whether it's the front or the back you're you're good we should be encouraging uh plays like this and and you know there's a whole contingent that wants yeah, to eliminate see, I, offsides after just saying completely. this league doesn't like to change too much i don't know if i want that one to change i like the idea that you have to try and keep the puck in the zone um but maybe that's where you could change the rule there's no offsides getting into the zone but once you're in if the puck goes past the, the line, then it's offside. So I don't know. There's definitely different ways to, to look at, at, at that removal of that blue line. How do you decide which entries qualify, though? I just think it's once you cross the blue line, times. you're in. So if you get the puck in the blue line, and um, I just want the entries to be easier. Does that make sense? So if you can make the entries yes. easier, but once you're in, obviously when it crosses the line, you're out. That to me would be would be offside. So if you get those those congested bits where you're on top of the blue line and you're fighting for the puck, there's no flow in that anyway. So if you get called for offsides there, I don't really care. It's more the fact that players are skating in with speed on you know two on twos or two on ones and the player on the other side of the ice is in early. Who cares? You just you've just negated a scoring chance. It's not like the defenders come across and poke the puck off the stick. 
You know, so it's not like it's a good defensive play. No offsides would... Like, I get why people would want it. I think at that time you have to have a so shot So you actually have on. to get a shot on? Because... I mean, think about a team up two in the playoffs with no offsides. Oh, just play What's going to happen to the flow of the game? So... You'd have to incorporate a shot clock. What that is, I don't know. I haven't really thought this through, but teams, you would, you would want to think that teams would expose really? no offsides in this in league. Attack, no way. The general nature of this, I know. Yeah, abs- it, it's yeah. not. It's going to work the opposite. I think much like, much like Olympic ice theory. And everybody yeah. just packs it in, so you're just further away from the net. So I'm not huge on the no offsides. Maybe I would consider it with a shot clock. But um, roller hockey offsides, they only have a red line. You've got to carry the puck across the red line. Across the red line. And that's it. That's the only catch to it so we so if that if you flip the puck away from the net and it goes over the red line is it just a whistle blown and a face-off in the offensive zone right i believe so that's their form of icing that should that should create no no, no i'm just trying to think of it logically that would while, mean but... well that would mean players would just you see, I wonder whether that would just create more whistles. Yeah, that's true. Well, no more than the offsides now. It would be good to actually see these things in game situations, you know, at a, a higher level and, and and before that gets to the NHL, but they don't even look at these sorts of things. This would be considered radical. Which we know it's not. Yeah. So, status quo terrible. Not willing to try at other least ideas. The, at least the NFL got there and tried to fix the catch rule. Great. I said they tried to fix it. They've at least changed the definition <laughs> of what a catch is, right? So they've they worked out that the definition of the rule was the problem, not so much the replay of the rule. And I, I think that's the problem with um, offsides and goaltender interference. I think fundamentally the rule is a fluffy rule and with a few more definitive terms inside the rule, we'd be fine. On top of that, an actual explanation from the official telling us why they say it's a goal or it's a no goal, would probably help the fans in the venue. Yeah, but you get 65 replays and you get the commentators at least discussing it. In the venue, you're just like, that's a goal. And you're like... Yeah, but that's not the official... No, I know. ...word. 
They're just no, absolutely projecting their. But you, you get none. You, you get read none on of the that. situation. You're right. It, it needs to come from the officials. They need to get there and go. Uh, we felt the contact didn't stop the goalie from from making the save, or you know, it's a good goal because contact was made outside the crease. And yeah, they need once to that happens, I think you might find a different to the media. I, I would love that. I, I would love to. I've, I've pushed that a bit for the officials to actually be available. They do it in the NBA, so I don't see why it would be any harder on these officials to actually be held accountable by the media. Yeah, I know. Pipe dream. Also not happening. So let's talk about their shitty playoff format. Yeah, this thing sucks. It's been a, a lot of talk about going back to one through eight. Uh, yeah. Have, I mean, did you read Lozo's from this? Fuck it, everyone gets in. <laughs> I quite like that. Yes. I. Uh, I think it's better. The, the logic behind it's pretty good, though. This? In that it's like a tiered system. It's very similar to the way um, the relegation and promotion plan works over in in football in Europe. Um, and you might only get one playoff game. But if you're the home team, that revenue goes to you. So I think it works. But that's never going to happen. So let's get back to something that's more realistic. Yeah, go and find it. It would take quite Twitter. a bit to explain just, his system. Yeah, just type in Lozo, go through his Twitter feed, or go on to Vice Sports, it'll be there somewhere. It's really good. Short, short version. Every team is eligible to win the Stanley Cup. It would but the be road a for miraculous the would be a hell of a road. <laughs> The, the bottom crappy teams have to play a one-off game. Best of three. And then they play the 9 through 16 best of three, but all three games are at the higher seeds home. So, again, the higher seeds get the money. And then you yeah. get to your seven games. And, and I, I do remember, yeah, not going to happen. Better than the status quo, but... Um, not 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 better than uh, our perfect situation would be one through sixteen top seeds pick opponent. I I quite like that idea. Um, down goes Brown. I down do. goes Brown made a really good argument about that though. That's not gonna if, um, if that we've, happens. We've, we've, all that's gonna happen is one's gonna pick sixteen because they don't want to rock the boat because that's what general managers are like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. Give yeah, an option. And that's why they'll play it safe the and the Then that's on them. That's yeah, no, no, I, okay, great. You've I got us on board. Option. Trust me. I, I get want it. the smart I'm, people I'm to be smart. So Yeah, no, no, no. So moving I'm not on. Gonna, uh, we both agreed we're not gonna beat down the 
It's got to be 1 through 16. Is the top. It's so intriguing. They're not going to change it, though, are they? They've already said that they don't want to change it, and they don't want to change the point system either. Why would a general manager want to change a point system when it it forces parity because you you can't get away and you, you, you can't fall totally off the map because of three-point games? Once yeah, you make that, it, it's, it is, it is pretty screwy that... It is pretty screwy I'm, I'm that talking and Toronto when they make it. have to play each other now. And just uh, for the record, they are the two and three ranked team in the conference. Round I mean, they should be semi final at least. And. Pittsburgh and Columbus will be the fifth and sixth. Which isn't the worst. But. Yeah, well. Unless you're Columbus. This is what happens when like, you go on a 10 0 run. You suddenly go from being out of the playoffs to in, and the. Oh, crap. Pittsburgh, really? I know, right? But um, I think one through sixteen, we have airplanes. But if you're doing one through sixteen, you have to totally ditch divisions, maybe even conferences, which See, I'm I, it's... totally fine with. I, I think. Why? Excuse what's, me. What's I think the, the idea of divisions or conferences throughout the regular season means you obviously play those teams more often and that helps with the travel then but we have travel days in the Stanley Cup playoffs anyway so who cares if these if these series go to seven games they all go 14 15 days right each series so yeah, so you're looking at two months of hockey anyway for four. Close to. At some point, there's always... Has there been a, a, a playoff run in the last few years where there hasn't been seven games in one of the rounds? So you're looking at at least 30 days, 60 days for the, for the four rounds to be completed anyway. So who cares? Just have Tampa play freaking... Oh, who would it? St. Louis. St. Louis. I got it up in front of me. I'm going to do this right now. But there would be unique. The, the, the thing is, though, if you change it to a one to sixteen, so you don't have them split divisional uh, conference wise, you know those um, those rivalries that they're trying to falsely reproduce with this current system. How would it be if Philadelphia played Pittsburgh for the Stanley Cup? That's just the easiest one for us, but you know. That seems to be a, one of the popular um, ones. Tampa, Florida. Yeah, but even... Um... T- Toronto, Boston. Well, I don't think people are clamoring for that one. But yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yes, 
or Montreal and Detroit, Toronto. But (laughs) there now you're talking. Like you know, that's a good one. It doesn't matter. Pick pick two teams. They could the the theoretically play after the the Stanley Cup playoff. After the two Stanley Cup. Yeah. Arizona and Cal- or Carolina. Correct. Oh, but wait, you know how there was a really good rivalry between Pittsburgh Nobody and Detroit, right? It was because of the Stanley Cup kidding about that. contest that those two guys had in two years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, that's right. It's always the playoff series. But it's not the regular series. I think I get frustrated in that the better teams have to play the better teams too early in the playoffs for my liking. That's all. I, I think that's where I, I think that's where I get angry with it at the moment, and yeah, it just seems it just seems silly. There's no real reward for what you do wrong. Well, I did it wrong. Yeah, it wouldn't be Tampa, St. Louis. It'd be Nashville. Oh, for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My. My, uh, I scrolled and cut it off. Yeah. That's okay, Nashville, St. Louis. It, it hey, just, divisional. Yeah, it just seems silly to my my line of thinking that you should be rewarding the rewarding the home teams. Imagine having Anaheim, San Jose, or Los Angeles, any one of those three teams playing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they don't like the idea of the time zones being west all the time, but fuck it. Yeah. I mean, there are drawbacks to it that aren't totally ideal, but... Yeah. The, the playoffs as a whole would be more interesting every year. Well, they better try and work it out because fucking Edmonton's supposed to be in the playoffs for the next 10 years, right? So... (laughs) Depending on what they get in the Uh, McDavid trade. Dig the knife a little further, Cameron. Dig the knife a little further. (laughs) I fucking hate that organization. And And I actually liked them growing up. Yeah, this but is all one the of those same shit has to work out. You should like, don't know how to run a team. The likelihood of an ex-player being great at running a team is rare. It'll be fun watching Derek Jeter fumble his way through the he's Marlins, being the other way around in a sport that has totally embraced stats, and he's very vocal about. I don't know. If they go to one to eight, I'm happier than this. And that's the most likely change we're going to get. If they go to one to eight and give us a three, two, one point system, I'd be happier again. (laughs) 
I think 1 through 16 is way more interesting. I think it would be way more yep. interesting in the regular season, getting more games against a wider variety of teams. Yeah, just it won't happen, but yeah. if they're worried Airplanes. about the tra- – like if the NHLPA are worried about the extra travel the players are going to have to do because they've got to play – you and your Switch. Buy a fucking Nintendo Switch. I was going to say, shorten the season. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, though, like, it's well documented. Like, Sid plays, like, video games and shit. On they're not playing, co- they they're not flying commercial anymore, either. Against each other. Like, how and having for, a time and having for ages. So, they're, yeah. I, What's the longest flight? That'd be the worst flight, wouldn't it? Miami to Vancouver. <laughs> There's your Stanley Cup. The, Vancouver the loses Longo in seven. Final. <laughs> Reimer, Con Smythe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Lottery. Because we're getting up close. Uh, we got the Sabres at 58 points. Arizona at 61. Vancouver at 61. Ottawa at 63. Hockey is right. Race to the bottom. Does Micah have his stuff at the front? Well, it's, it's a simple concept. Instead of everybody trying... I mean... The Sabers, it hasn't worked for him. But no, I thought that was uh, that was yeah, exactly right. During the McDavid Absolutely. Year. Under um, the gold plan, and Micah Blake McCurdy um, presented this at the RIT Analytics thing a few years ago, and. I think the concept's been out there, but having it in a presentation that's available online, and he backed it up with statistical analysis about what it would do to parity and other things, I, I view his his presentation of it as the best, and also simplistic. When your team is eliminated from the playoffs, you start banking points. And whoever has the most points after their elimination... if you're eliminated early, you've got more games to rack up points, so... Gets the top pick. But if you're eliminated early, you also suck. (laughs) So, it's, it's a... The, the key here to remember is that you're always motivated to be winning towards yeah. the end of the season, no matter who you are. Well, so the the, games the are only be thing I would say would be a problem would be a situation where um, players need to get... Players might get asked to play when they're injured more often at the end of the year because they need to win those games. It's the only thing I can think of that would be a negative of it. When guys, 
No, there's not. This this one is is the best. But if I, I look at it in the sense of you know there the, is the health and well being of, of the actual players on the ice, um, with the way Edmonton have handled Clefbaum um, and his injury, he'd still be playing right now if they weren't toast. And I think that would be detrimental to to his ability to recover for the next season. Oh, it would. It'd be great. Make for a hell of a trade deadline. Or it wouldn't. <laughs> Dull it right down. But um, well, I wouldn't have. Well, actually, you might be you right. Know, like what would the Rangers do? the whole do? thing right down. Because they were bad with their roster. Knowing that you have to win games to get a top pick, you wouldn't want to get rid of some of these guys because you need them to help you try and win. But on a fan level, you're still rooting for your team to win all the time. And you throw away this... You know, like, yeah. every Sabres game they win right now, like, fans should be like, what the fuck are you doing? But that shouldn't be the nature of sports. And even well, the they... lottery at this point, they're, they've dumbed down the odds to where it's so random. Like, well, that's the... Are we really handing out these unreal prospects uh, based on complete randomness? And I understand that I cover the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. But how's this for a situation to think about? Sidney Crosby retires and Pittsburgh, maybe not the worst team in the league, but they're not doing as well anymore. They're like... Uh, that's that's the thing. I mean, you look at how New Jersey got... And they land the number one pick on the lottery. This last draft. You know, they were... The previous system would never have got the number one draft pick. Now, it's helped them, you know, improve quicker, but that happening certainly hasn't helped the really bad teams get any better faster. So they just languish at the bottom for longer. I know the idea is to try and avoid the Buffalo Sabres tank central process, but I don't think the uh, relaxing of the odds... Yeah, this sport's random enough as it is. You don't need to... Yeah. I don't like randomness. This sport more than any. Good work, Mr. Ineffective Math. Yeah, gold gold plan's the way to go. Um, yeah, we're signing this guy to a two-way contract. Uh, he yeah. seems to be playing in the AHL most of the year, and then as soon as they're eliminated, he pops back up. No, but like it, I think Not it's bad. just uh, I'm all for what makes things more interesting, and the status quo has played its course. So, yeah, we've really. I love this sport. Absolutely love this sport. I don't like the way the league is run. about a league we apparently don't like and very much. I, I know we're not alone <laughs> with with that, you know. Best sport in the world? Shittiest run league. 
So I'll shift away from this, and I guess we'll quickly just I, – I hadn't realized till you said I knew Columbus was yeah, doing Yeah, they're well, going in hot. But they're 10-0-0 in, 10 in their last 10. 20 points. I mean, it pushed them. It's, it pushed uh, them from being out of a playoff spot to in really a playoff good. spot and comfortably in there. I can't see them hitting a brick wall and losing enough to you know, fall behind Jersey. So, yeah. So they're cruising. Top five possession team last 25 games. Can't get a save. Carolina's won. <laughs> no, Nashville's two. Nashville, you better look they're cooked. out. Oh, yeah, they've been cooked for a Calgary's long. three. Maybe not um, mathematically, but they're cooked. Are they cooked? Yeah, it seems. Boston's up I feel up like you've got to be top ten. I feel like you've got to be in the top can, ten. Uh, Winnipeg are in that 6-7 slot. To... So... To do well yeah. in the playoffs. And I know Pittsburgh bucked that trend last year, but that's sort of how it feels to me. Yeah. I mean, they're riding, they're riding McKinnon. So not 30th like spot, Colorado. Can you, can you really see Nashville losing a, losing a seven-game series to them? Yeah, no. We're having Nate a Nate McKinnon. How many disgusting. millions did he lose because of RFA? He's got ninety. He's going to have ninety something or a hundred points. It's going to make. There's it. going. There's going to Peanuts be a transition point compared to his worth somewhere in Colorado. For um, a whole group of players will never earn as much as they could have because of the RFA status. And then all of a sudden, all the general managers will click on to the fact that players' best scoring primes are younger than older. So there'll be a whole heap of players that'll go, right, I'm about to hit free agency. I'm going to be able to get my my eight years at $8 million. And it's like, nope, nope, nobody across the league is going to pay that. There's going to be a bracket of players that hit that brick wall. But um, Columbus has one of the best pairings of defensemen in the NHL with Wierenski and Jones. Pretty decent group of forwards. <laughs> and Bobrovsky if they don't play yeah. the Penguins. Man, he's got some bad luck. He's played really poorly against them in the It'll playoffs, take... but he's, he's one of the better goaltenders uh, in the I league. I reckon it just takes one shot out for him. Maybe game one in Pittsburgh, and he'll be fine. It's really weird. I know I know. I said that a little flippantly, and it's not as not that easy, but I don't... It's, How's it's that weird. All? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. I mean, he's going up against, like, high-end yeah. talent. 
like every playoff series it seems i it's, think they can it's really a tough columbus goal, have just got to hope if we're being fair to him pittsburgh stall and end up dropping into a wildcard spot which is possible Yeah, there's still wiggle room with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's um, short-sighted. For Panarin's Milwaukee, awesome. For Chicago, so they've done very well. Great trade for Columbus, I think. Sonny Milano, 2.08 points per 60 in 48 games. I think their shooting kind percentage of has, has increased him. as well. Cam the, Atkinson's the up there. Games. I think they're actually... Doing a little bit of a Geno. Couldn't buy a goal in the first half of the year, and then all of a sudden, Puck started going in for him. I think he's been coach's decisions for a Our few years. buddy well. Brandon Dubinsky, though, 0. 0.91 points per 60 this year. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think his contract ends in 2044, so... It's really good for them. Good, good. For they them. don't even. Nah, it's just another three. They don't even get 5. the benefit of million. being able to use the lockout you know, to get rid of it because I think the even last Ryan Reeves is at one point two seven. so it's not like they can axe it and move on. He'll be. They'll be. Who? Yeah, yeah. Felino probably won't be too far behind him. Felino. No, but they're playing uh, objectively good hockey right now. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh could get them. It, Pittsburgh's vulnerable. But at the same time, round one, yeah. you've got the, what, what did I say Columbus was fifth? Possession versus seventh. And I know you don't do playoff series based on fucking Corsi, but as we bitched about earlier, it's um, it's a weird setup. I think setup. The, the, the thing for you me is really the, the, the teams deal, that succeed. So you play 82 games and do really well. The, pick the league's gone, nah, fuck it. We just want rivalries. We don't want to reward you for doing well in the, in the regular season. Which uh, I think... Yeah. Yeah, and, and you are what right. Way that, to create a rivalry than picking something. And we're gonna, we're gonna and be, saying we think you suck. It is one of those things where after <laughs> we you know, think you, sort of you, said, you suck. don't care if they just pick team number sixteen. It's still the same thing. They've still picked team number sixteen, and should force that team mentally to obviously go. Well, you're right. They do think we're shit. We want to try and play our best. But at least you've given team number one that option to pick whoever they want. Team one. Okay, so let's throw an insane hypothetical. Team one is whoever. Team 16 is Pittsburgh, but Crosby and Malkin had just gotten hurt. Or, or no, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh's not 16. 
Crosby and Malkin and Kessel get hurt. And they're not available for round one. <laughs> Let's say yeah, no. St. Louis. And, and that's, that's exactly wrong. That's who it is in the moment. <laughs> one would pick 16. <laughs> no, you take Pittsburgh <laughs> like, and you well, go I for it. take advantage of injury. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's against the code. Well, it's like if anybody lost their number one goaltender right before the playoffs, I, I reckon you'd pick that team. I'm looking through mm. the teams. Depends. Now. Well, Philly, it wouldn't matter because they don't really have a number one at the moment. Same with Colorado. Anaheim at least have Ryan Miller as a backup. If LA lost their goalie, yeah, I'd probably want to take them on. If San Jose lost their goalie, I'd take them on too. Yeah, you're right, Dell. I yeah, don't know, you're right, Dell. Because right. I, I could see. I'm off the top of okay, my head. Actually, one thing I don't know whether there. we clarified this: could the number one team use? Use the Pittsburgh thing as an example. Configure Pittsburgh Dell rank unit Northern California. Six. Can Nashville pick Pittsburgh, or does it have to be someone in the lower half of the draw? So, so Pittsburgh loses their right to pick who they choose. <laughs> no, no, no that's I, I just They're wanted to one. make the clarification on that. It's like because you would, I, you're right. If you lost, if Pittsburgh yeah, lost those three players them. and Pittsburgh were fifth or sixth, you'd be absolutely nuts to not pick them. Yeah, that's why you played 82 games. Yeah, it's it's a shitty situation, but you're the one seed. That's what we did this for. No, they yeah, would lose so their... Picked, uh, yeah, I, w- I would not The only team that protect. has the protection is team number one. The choice of any team. Yep. Good luck to you. Correct. If you're bold enough to no, take two. I'm liking it more and more. It's just a shame that it... Uh, so, yeah. This will never happen. I know I know. it's sort of been... So, any... Bit, um, but they have to work out their fourth line. Cover and I know you on. can get there and say, if the fourth line is what stops them from winning, then they were never good enough to win anyway. But you've got to be able to roll four lines, and they've got the they've got the assets to do it. They're just choosing not to, and the penalty kills not winning them games at the moment anyway. So why not change up the fucking roster? Well, I think injuries playing a role right now. We'll see what yep. they do. But I see a situation where. Uh, Simone just got back. Yeah. Played fourth line tonight on the right wing. I, I mean, I hope you're wrong, but that's what I can see as well. Which is... Hasn't happened, so... It's not like they're rolling along at like 88, 89% over the last and, 10 games. And like and you said, You run with the whole, oh, you don't really want to change up the, the lineup sort of a thing. It doesn't work that way. 
And I think that's what sort of frustrates me the most with, with their decisions in that, in that concept. Um, well, let's see. They had Sheehan, Rust, Broussard, Kunakul, yeah. Haglin are the forwards that, why that not played have kill minutes on the penalty kill. Yeah. Kunakul's the only one that played a full two minutes. They put Broussard on there? And that was two minutes of his... That was more than 20% of his minutes on the ice. Great. And they only played Simone five minutes, 40 seconds. Yeah, there's not value there. Yeah. Which is weird, because they'll put them on the top line. Eh, whatever, I'm not going to... Yeah. Impossible to figure out. Um, I'm always of the mindset of maximizing the talent you have. And at times, I just don't think they do it. Sometimes they get away with it because they're fortunate to have Crosby, Malkin, and Castle, and yeah. then the other the, parts. Um, uh, I will say this, though, in, in and Pittsburgh's defense. Gensel, thankfully, they're not Broussard the only team now. that does this. So, you know, you <laughs> no. No, no, that's, this isn't team-specific. But when Aston Reese healthy, uh, yeah, Aston you, I don't Reese think is healthy, it'll be interesting to see who goes. Should it's be Kunhakul, but... Stupid. On a positive note, Phil Kessel scored his 30th goal tonight in the 83rd point, which Jeez, means he's cruising, he's cruising high in like, points um, and first 30 goal years since 2013-14. Nice. Yeah. Giroux, who has had some real down moments. Well, I don't want to say down moments, but like as far as um, what the Flyers needed from him, he had dropped even strength scoring quite significantly. Yeah, which is but good for it hockey. Appears to have jumped back up because he's having a hell of a year. He has. I think one more goal than Sid, 10 more points, 11 more even strength points. And I'm, I'm taking this from a, a Don, or so Don, Dan Hopper tweet. Uh, Dan Hop Sports is the Twitter handle. Um, it was from earlier today, and Sid had some points and goals tonight. So, yeah, Giroux's having a hell of a year. And, um, yeah. Doesn't yeah, change exactly. my opinion That's much on point. what they should do with him in Philly. I would I would totally <laughs> leverage this year into a trade. And and people in Philadelphia are probably like fuck you, but 
at the same time, like, how many more of these years do you think you have in him? How many, like, when you're ready to make your run, is it going to be a year like this? Because he's got it doesn't fit for this cycle, does it? Four more years at eight point two seven five million. It's an age thing. And he's 30. Yeah, it's not a disrespect to Rue thing. It's where the team is versus what... And, and this isn't something new on the podcast either. Um, I did not predict this kind of year for Giroux. He's been awesome. Well, it's, yeah the issue you've got and with that is maybe a different year um some yeah. mvp buzz yeah exactly other guys are also kicking yeah. ass taylor hall's a good hockey player including taylor hall with his three points and overtime winner tonight <laughs> Yes. Facts. <laughs> Stick it. It's quite sad. I feel the same. I, 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 I'm good with him winning it just to stick it to Edmonton. I think Geno's had a, a one of his. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say Geno's had one of his. That's best been years, the difference for him this year. His points per game's been, I think. Gino's being Gino. He's, he, it's he's just, just that he's actually been able to stay out on the ice. Which, you know, kind of important. But he's been great. Kudrov's been great. McDavid is um, in it for the Art Ross right now. Ovechkin. It's a shame Line got injured. Near the topic goals. I mean, it's absurd. Did he? That he's still yeah, doing that. Yeah, that's all right then. No, he, he played tonight. Yeah. He's right up there, isn't he? Yeah, but I, I looked. There's Somebody tweeted out a stat. 40 yeah, goal scorers with the yeah. least amount of ice time. It's not, yes, as far as, like, not Might a lot situation. of ice time. Like, what, what, what's going on with that? They had, like, 16 minutes a game? I don't know. How many games have they, how many games have they come from behind the against? How many games have they, are they in front? Don't put out the 43 goal score? I, I, I think it's bizarre, but you sit there and try to come up with, some sort of reason they might not have him out there at the end of games know, when they're when they're up. Time so low. That could mean three or four minutes where he'd probably get two or three extra shifts and No, nah, he has to be on the one. He's scoring forty plus. It's gotta be the power play though, right? Like is he not on the one? <laughs> Oh, this could be a disaster. All right. I got us covered here. I'm going to... I thought I had us covered. I got to go to the NHL website. Uh, yeah, it could be. PhD. 
This this would prove true genius navigating this pile of shit. Winnipeg. All right, power play time on ice per yeah. game. So he's getting the minutes there. Ah, he's up there. Three oh seven. You didn't, you didn't ask Shifley, the question. Bufflin, 312, 312, are they a high, highly penalized team? Because you won't be playing penalty kill minutes. Um, you shouldn't be on. Is it a situation where they don't trust him defensively, rightly or wrongly? And if that's the case, then he won't be out there at the end of games when they're winning. And they're winning a lot of games this year, so there's no need to have him out there. Yeah. It well, they're they have a deep forward group. Kyle Connor averages twenty more seconds a game. I do like Kyle Connor, but I don't know. They seem to spread it around. Shifley is at twenty. So was Wheeler. Uh, funnily then enough, it he played 18-20 in today's game. At 17. So I think it's just a, how, how they're No, but he had five shots around. on goal. <laughs> yeah. So the thing with that is it's like he averages, what was it, just under 17 minutes a game, yet he played 18-20 <laughs> right, in this Gino's one after looking like he was going to miss, you know, four to 14 days. So, yes, yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he's not, because Winnipeg is, um, you know, time zone wise, I don't catch him as much as I want. But that man, that forward group is yeah, is fun. Let's try to look. This. That when, the stats and they finally is great. at least have optimized it a little better than in the past. Just, it, it's one of those things where, say he doesn't score that much through the playoff run or whatever, it just puts players. Into the right spots of the yeah. lineup, I suppose, yeah. is the big thing for me. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, but Stasny is good. He's going to facilitate. At least, at least that, that's how I view him. Well, no need. They're a team literally waiting for the playoffs to start. That's what it looks um, like half the time. I guess we're not going to talk much about Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the only... Because it's tough. Because the last three years have kind of been similar. There's not a lot of unique to add other than nitpicking at the the edges. And I guess the only thing lately, I've seen some Latang articles, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic had one, where he pointed out some of Chris Latang's obvious faux pas, but also showed, hey, he's, he's still doing it so if you want to do the eye test thing yeah it's easy to remember uh i wrote today he's a victim of his own goaltending 
And I still believe that to be the case because not only does he have the lowest on 900, it was 900. Of his team, out of defensemen, I can't remember if I used 900,000 <laughs> minutes. It, and I only did 900 because I was on my phone on Corsica and my thumb. That's what it went to. So there was no... There was no um, kind of rhyme or reason to the 900 just that i knew i wanted a big big sample of the players that play and there were 136 in the sample i believe so like i i feel like that's a fair so the number, question is i know he doesn't bleed a hell of and a lot of high danger chances or he's dead last against, whatever the number but was. he's dead last in the nhl and i know save percentage Yeah, some of them look bad. And even tonight, three-on-three in overtime, I'm seeing tweets on how he lost his guy, even though Malcolm kind of was swooping up as the F3 in overtime. You know, people don't remember that shit if the goals don't go in. And you're probably like, well, maybe the goals don't go in if they don't give up the thing. Well, that's why So the question then is, are the high-danger chances they're giving up? And ridiculously good chances because of where Latang is making his gaffes. Like, is every single one of. And that, that's that's the the issue with the conundrum of, of Chris Latang for there the 2017 18 season. There have been those occasions, but I don't know why that's unique to him. Yeah. Yeah, but neither of those two guys yeah, are on a Eric Carlson's contending joining team. him in the bottom of the league and on a save percentage. I just think the scrutiny's high. Oliver Ekman Larson's also down there. I don't. I don't view. I think on there's a, a little bit of codependency on both. The fault of the. I, I think it's a descriptive stat. I don't think it's a predictive stat. No, no, no. I remember you. You're right in that, and you, you're exactly yeah, right. So, in regards to this predictability, percentage and who's it's, good, I, I don't think it is bad year to year. There's no consistency. If you're a coach, and, correct. So, if you're going to do that, when you go and look at the video as a coach, you've got to work out what's going on on the. What ice it's told me is, is the goalies are making saves that's forcing on the ice that this safe percentage year. to be lower. Is the goalie just missing saves that they should be getting? Because then you go and talk to the goalie and try and work that out. Is the goalie getting screened? Who's screening the goalie? It's like, what are the things that are causing that to happen? Because... Oh, there have been many a breakdown this year. But the thing with a player like him, and I wrote that today... Great players try to do great things, and when they're pushing play, they're more exposed. So the the mistakes look really shitty. Whereas if you want to bring up the Rob Skidari type, a player like that is never pushing anything up forward. Yeah, they look bland. No, they you're exactly right. On, the on mistakes 
never look as bad as the Latang ones because they never try to do anything and you die from the 3,000 paper cuts you get. I think Latang's having a pretty good year. All things considered, his offense is um, it was low early on, but has picked up as the year's gone on. So they're gonna go. Yeah, he's gonna give up. Yeah, some of these shit-looking chances, and the puck's gonna go in. And based on his on-ice save percentage, even when he doesn't, no. The puck's so my go question in. then is: he's the he's literally the bottom. How many of those that have gone in with the tang on the ice have been with? Do we Murray really on the think ice or with the other two backups on the ice? You know, there's there's a heap of ways you could go and break that down and try and work all that out. No, he's he's not. And as a as a Penguins fan, you're gonna to want to hope that Murray has a switch to flick that when he hits the playoffs he's gonna be fine. Yeah, Murray hasn't had a great year though, anyways. Please tell me. Do you want to know who's one of the best in the league at on ice save percentage this year? See, the thing, when you go and read that stat out, for me... It's like third. No, no, no. For me, it gets there and it emphasizes your point of the uh, lack of predictability in the on ice save percentage stat. What there that are other do, good though, players up there reinforce too. Reinforced with... to those general managers, yes, we want to have a guy like that in our team because look at where the, the on ice save percentage is when he's on there. And that's the folly. Well, they'll find anything they can to justify a good... Yeah, if they even look at that. Well, they'll find anything to to convince them that what the decision they made is That would be a classic right. GM thing. Though, they just, the they just want that bias to, to... They finally start looking at stats and that's the one. Correct. Oh, yeah, I don't have anything else. I think I'm tapped out. What they want, not what, what, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> oh, I. No, I was, no, no. We're not doing. We're I had like 20 Josh minutes Juris. on Josh Juris. Oh. So we're not. We're bastard. Not doing that. All right, then. You guys know where to find us. You can find him at well, Gunnar Stanley. You can find me at Walshy66. You can the find part here. Ryan's writing uh, <laughs> at, uh, what is it, hockeybuzz.com. Um, yeah, my stuff's at uh, hockeyhurts.com. You can also find us on uh, Twitter at, at hockey underscore hurts. I've got a Facebook page. Just search for I Hockey Hurts so. Podcast on Facebook. Um, you can also contribute to the podcast at Patreon. Um, I think it's uh, patreon.com forward slash hockey hurts. Pretty sure that's what it is. Um, I don't know. Okay, I usually miss. Oh, iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. There you go. I didn't miss that one this time. Um, that'd be great. Just helps other people find us. Um, yep. And if you've got any comments about the podcast, let us know. It's always good to, to pick up stuff. We may not um, uh, reply back to everything, but uh, we definitely do take it on board and, and try to make this thing better. We'll never get organized though, so I apologize for that. <laughs>